Shalom Lechem Rabbi Zai. As we advance in the Parshas HaShavua, this week we begin Sefer Shmais, which the Rishonim referred to as Sefer HaGeula. As we know that the preparations and the <coughs> groundwork is being made for the the uh, manning of Cloud Israel, <coughs> the Mashiach of Cloud Israel, Moshe Rabbeinu to be born, and although Paro saw through astronomy, the astronomers saw that the, the Mashiach of Cloud Israel was going to be born, and Paro was trying to avoid that. In the end, they outsmarted Paro, and he was raising him in his own home. And then, when Moshe Rabbeinu is an adult, he goes out to See what's happening to his brothers. He tries to help them, and then at one point he sees the danger of a mitzri hurting another yid. He kills the mitzri, and there were two people in Klal Yisrael, Dustin Aviram, that were unhappy with him for reprimanding them when they were arguing, and they told on they told Paro that he had killed um, that he had killed his mitzri, and Paro was out to get him. He ran away. And eventually he wound up at the home of Yisrael, who gave him for his daughter. And he was there. He was happy there. He had one child in Gershon. And then there comes a point where HaKadosh Baruch sees Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness, where he's developing his greatness, and he feels that now's the time to make Moshe Rabbeinu aware that he's going to be the leader of Klai Yisrael, to take Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. So there's a snare burning. He can't figure out why there's a fire and yet the bush is not being consumed. He comes over there and he has a whole the discussion with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he's made aware that he's going to be the one to go to Klal Yisrael. But Moshe Rabbeinu was very nervous that Klal Yisrael wasn't going to believe him, and there were a number of cases where Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu let him know that he doesn't approve of that, you have to believe in Klai Yisrael. Because when Rabbeinu said, <coughs> when Moshe Rabbeinu asked by Kodesh Bochul, so he wanted to see, right, uh, he was Simon that he was given to show him that you, that you're, that it's true, you're going to be the manik of Klai Yisrael. Maishu Rabbeinu answered back to the Kodesh Baruch Hu, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to listen to what I'm telling them. They're going to say, you never saw Hashem, what are you talking about? So then Hashem showed him the nice with the, with the matter, the stick that he has, and you know, turned into a snake. And then in the continuation, he puts his, tells him to uh, put his hand into his, into his baguette, into his, you know, whatever he was wearing, that baguette he was wearing, and when he takes it out, his hand is white like snow, as if he, you know, to send a message to him, you spoke badly, about my kindlach, about Chai Yisrael, and Rafa, believe in them, don't worry about it. And Akash Bochum encourages Moshe Rabbeinu to go further, and Moshe Rabbeinu starts preparing for going, goes back to his, his uh, father-in-law lets his father-in-law know that he's going to be going. And the Pasuk says, Moshe went back, went and he returned to Yisrael, his father-in-law. 
ויאמר לי, היטל זם אל חנוך, אשובה אל אחי אשר במצרים. I'm going to go back now and return to my brothers in Mitzrayim. There are Edom Chayim. You see if they're still alive. I have to see what their, their welfare, to check their welfare. And Yisrael said, you know, yeah, my bracha, you get to go. Hashem said to Moshe Midian, go return to Mitzrayim. Right, because... The people that are after you, Rashi tells us, doesn't Aviram, right? They they're not alive, right? Even though in reality Rashi tells us they were alive, but they they lost all their wealth, and Rashi tells us an ani is chashev kemes, a person that loses his wealth, is considered it's considered if he's not alive, and therefore he you know tells them you, know, you don't have to worry about them starting up with you. They're not so prestigious anymore, anyways. At this point, Moshe Rabbeinu took his wife and his children. Now, we know that Gershom was born, but now it says he took his wife and his children. There's another child born. And he, he, he put them on the donkey, he saddled them on the donkey. He went back to Mitzrayim. The Pesach says later on, when he's on his way, you know, Hashem told him at that point, you're going to go back and show you all the miracles, everything that's going to happen to you over there. And then the Pesach tells us, when he's on the way, he stopped off at an inn. So, a malach of Hashem met up with him and he wanted to kill him, tried to kill him. Batika, and what happened was he, the malach started to swallow the group of Maishrabenu and it stopped by the Makam Hamila. And Tsipara realized that, there's, that, that the reason why um, she's, he's, uh, he stopped at the Makam Hamila was, was a hint, a remez, and a hint to them. That being that they had just had a, a newborn baby, and that baby did not have his bris done to him, that was a tiny and shemayim neged and therefore she saw that. So she took a a, a sharp rack or something, and she cut the orla of of uh, her son, the foreskin of her son. She, after being aware that it was because of why her husband was going to be lost to her, after she did that, then the Malach pulled himself off and went off of Maishrabenu, and he was he was saved. Right? Because of the fact that, you know, this this child wouldn't have his bismila, if, if she wouldn't have done that, Maishrabenu would have been killed. Why did Maishrabenu? To the Bismillah, Mashabainu was the kind of mitzvah, and he was a, you know, a very, very, very diligent about keeping mitzvahs. Why didn't he do that? So Rashi says, like this Because he didn't give the bris to Eliezer his son. The fact that he was, he was lax about giving the Bismillah 
He was punished with the punishment to be killed. Tanya, see the Brice says the name of the Rashi says, don't think that he was ever like this fashion. He wasn't he wasn't lax. It was the fact that he was not doing it. Of course, Maisha was diligent about doing mitzvahs. He wasn't lazy about doing it. So why wasn't the middle done? Right? He said, to go ahead and do Mila now when, when, on this young child, this young baby, and go out to the road, until the first three days after this Mila is done, it's a Sakana for a child to travel if we do this Mila. So if I do the bris now, I'm not going to be able to go for three days. Otherwise, it's a Sakana. To do a bris Mila now and wait three days to go, I just got a command to go to Mitzrayim, so I can't wait around. Why do you have a line Because he he stayed in the in the alone first, and that, therefore he made like an to tell him you're staying over here. So that was somehow or another considered the delaying of the mila. Now, what's the whole idea? held Why was he punished? The Rashi explains the thing in the hotel. The Rashi Chachma says something very connected to what we started talking about before. The Rashi Chachma says that what was Moshe Rabbeinu's cheshbin that he didn't do a mila to Eliezer? Explains the Rashi Chachma that Moshe Rabbeinu was still afraid that Kaius was not going to believe him. Even though Hashem showed him before the Nachash, and even though Akash Bokhu showed him the Tzeras, that he has to believe in Klal Yisrael, but he was still nervous. He was coming here, and he, had to, he was coming to a broken nation that, that's been enslaved for 210 years, at the, or whatever it is, you know, from, for a very long time. And he's going to come now, and he has to break to tell them, by the way, Hashem came to me right now, and he told them, we're going to go out of the tribe, it's going to be good. He 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 was still nervous that they're going to say, you know, well, what are you what are you telling us? You know, you know, you are trying to, you know, it's not true. So he wanted to make sure when he's coming now that he's not going to have that 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 um, problem. They shouldn't believe him because he wants to be able to get make sure they'll be able to go out as soon as he can get them out. So he made a chesed like this. He said, "I'm coming to Mitzrayim to to sell to tell them this." And they have to, I want them to believe me that I believe that this is true. I'm coming now with my wife and two young children, right? And one of them is a, is a, a you know, is a newborn baby, right? Which person in his right mind would bring his wife and two children to Mitzrayim when we're trying to get everybody else out? Unless if he really believes that we're taking everybody else out, we're really taking everybody else out. If Mashuban wasn't clearly believing that he was really meant to take them out of Mitzrayim, he would have never brought them back to Mitzrayim with him. He would have left them by Yisrael. So the reason why he brought the children was to be extra leverage for him to be able to prove to Klal Yisrael that what I'm saying is true and that they should believe him. That was a taina, There again, Maishrabainu, you don't believe that Kai Yisrael is going to believe you? Just like the Hakash reprimanded him with the Tsaras before. 
just like the with the nachash that came out before, right? Telling him you have to believe in Klai Yisrael. Here, Akash Baruch telling him you're being mafsit the mitzvah of this mila for your son because you're afraid they're not going to believe you. Chas v'shalom, of course they're going to believe you. You have to believe you're going to be the manik. You're going to be the leader of Klai Yisrael. The leader of Klai Yisrael has to believe in in in, in his in in his in in, in, the, in the in the people that he's going to be leading. And therefore, because of the fact that he held back the Bismillah, because of not believing in Klai Yisrael, that's the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was punished. And only when Sipurim noticed that that was the reason why he was being punished, that he was delaying the Bismillah for that reason, that's why he was saved when she did the Bismillah. That's why after, immediately afterwards, <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu just sent back Sipurim uh, with the children, as if to know, he, understanding the message, that um, I have to believe in Klai Yisrael. We see from here a very, very powerful message over here. And this is really for a, a manik, for a rebbe, for a father, right? You know, we detect things and we see sometimes things which make us suspicious. We sit with our children, with our talmidim, and sometimes we're accurate with the things that we see. But it's a very, very important thing that we have to believe in the tachos of our children, and we have to believe in their capabilities, and they have to know that we have to know that in order for them to be able to really be successful in what they need to be able to do. When a child feels that you doubt them, then they doubt themselves. When you doubt your child, that also makes them doubt themselves, and, you, and, and, and you're doubting them. Obviously, when we see that they need our assistance, we have to help them and put them, and sometimes we have to direct them in a way where they might make a mistake. But it's, a, it's very, very important for, for a Hanukkah, for parents, for a Rebbe, for everybody to be able to understand you have to believe in your children. You have to believe in your Talmudim. You have to believe in those people that you're being on, that you're influencing. And that's the lesson that we learn from the Nashachachma. Ezra Hashem Hashem should give us the Chachma Bina Vadas. To be able to mechanechar mishpachos, to mechanechar children, to mechanechar talmidim, and to let them know, and to let ourselves know that we believe in them, and with that being able to help them bring out their kachos, to be able to become the most that they should be able to become. Everybody should have a wonderful Shabbos. Hope.